One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the Deep Dive. Josh joins me today for this one and we are going to be talking about a defensive monster in Manuel Ugarte Ribeiro. <laughs> do you like that? I do like that, yeah. You even got his, uh, his extra name in there as well. His extra name? You mean his surname? <laughs> well, Ribeiro. I, I think so, yeah. Oh, it's written Manuel Ugarte Ribeiro, so yeah. I'm assuming that he's just shortened it because there's another Ribeiro who's maybe better than him. Maybe. Or he doesn't want to get confused with Ribena. But anyway, we're here to dive deep <laughs> into Manuel Ugarte, uh, defensive midfielder. Um, yeah, he's 22 years old. He's a hair's breath, hair's breath under six foot Uruguayan. Um, why do you want to tell me all about him today? Because I've watched videos on him. I've looked at the stats and I tell you what, I'm excited to talk about him. Yeah, well, Liverpool are getting linked, aren't they, with, with midfielders from all over the continent, really. And uh, this lad's one of them. Um, I, think, I don't think he's getting linked as much as some others, though, which is I'm a little bit surprised by. But... Basically, I'm going to capture today why why I almost want him to get linked more. Uh, I think he's very well suited to what Liverpool have suffered from this season. And um, we obviously need midfielders. He's a midfielder. And uh, this season, I think Sporting is who he's played for. He's kind of replaced Matthias Nunes a little bit in the team in mm-hmm. terms of being a regular starter. Well, what formation are, are Sporting playing? So they've been playing a, a 3-4-3 all season with him as one of the two sixes. So, in terms of Liverpool's usual 4-3-3, that would be a little bit alien to him, I suppose. But in terms of what we've been doing lately, once Trent moves into midfield, at least that would when he that is when he, he would feel a bit more comfortable, I assume. OK, so in a two-man midfield, he's got another, maybe a ball playing or a ball winner alongside him for sporting. Um, but in possession, he would suit what we're trying to do. Is that what you're trying to say? In possession, once Liverpool get in, into this box midfield thing, he would suit... One of the roles, yeah. Um, in terms of how he'd look as a lone six, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, he's, he started 25 of Sporting's 30 league matches this season. Um, and he, he only joined them in, in 2021 as well. I think he joined from one of the smaller Portuguese teams, beginning with an F, like Familicao maybe, um, having previously joined from Uruguay. So he's, he's, he hasn't been on the scene very long. He's kind of like Diaz and Nunes in that sense where he's just kind of based onto the scene in Portugal. Doesn't have many minutes behind him. And um, I think Liverpool have got... We, we talked about it last week, didn't we? About that sort of... That sort of formula for working out what what you could do in the Portuguese league yeah, and what yeah. it does in England. I think Liverpool have got that. Like they've got it nailed. They feel pretty confident buying from the Portuguese. He's looking at the stats, looking at the player and... and, and almost understanding what that could mean in the Premier League. 
Um, because we've made a few signings from there now. Obviously, Diaz yeah. has come from there and Nunes as well. So, uh, And we've seen so many players come into the Premier League from Wolves that they have the data on and stuff like that as well. So Jota, obviously, is a Portuguese player who, who spent time over there. Um, but one of the things that I specifically want to talk about with him before we get into the sort of nuts and bolts of it all is like the eyeball test, because I think that's just as important sometimes yeah. as the stats and stuff like that. I mean... Yeah. When you watch him play, he is an out and out destroyer. But the thing that the thing that gripped me the most was how often he was intercepting the football. Yeah. And that's like you can't teach that really, can you? And I know it's dependent on who you're playing alongside and the formations and stuff. He's just a ball hawk at yeah. the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, we are going to touch on his numbers, which and they are quite crazy to be honest, compared to what the players who were of a similar type, maybe. Um, but in terms of the eye test. I think one of the ways in which you can describe him, he's almost a bit like a midfield version of Nunes. And I'm not just saying that because they're from the same country, you represent the same national team and stuff, both Haaland from Portugal a little bit in terms of their previous clubs and stuff. But he's just, he's so keen, so hungry for the ball, covers so much ground. Sometimes it's borderline, like, what are you doing? But it's... It, it's intended well, if you know what I mean. Can, does Kante have a little yeah. bit of that about him? Yeah, yeah. Kante's a similar player, actually, yeah, in terms of just when he, when he's on it, it, it is like you've got an extra man in your midfield. It's like two players in one, really, isn't it? And Ugarte is very workhorse, very like tradition. He, he's proper Klopp, to be honest, in terms of what you expect from a typical Klopp midfielder, a typical Klopp player. You respect like intensity, energy, aggression. You want them to be proactive, you want them to put a foot in. Um, and on top of that as well, he's, he's reasonably quick as well, so which, which obviously helps when it comes to pressing because if you, can, if you can get over the first couple of yards quickly, mm-hmm. like Curtis has shown lately, Curtis Jones, uh, it can do well for you. But yeah, on the eye test, he is just that midfield dog who just loves to cover ground and uh, a little bit, a little bit Milner Henderson peak years maybe, um, but he probably even a bit more nuts. What about with the ball? With the ball. Again, we, we can touch on this with the numbers, but he's very, like, primarily safe. He's, he's, there's nothing special, there's no stardust. Uh, if he is playing next to Trent, Trent would be the one offering all that, as, as he's doing now anyway, to be honest. water carrier in that regard. Yeah, yeah, he, he will ring again the ball for you. Yeah, he can keep the ball in terms of, like, dribbling, shielding the ball from opponents, a bit like Wijnaldum did. Um, I saw that, I saw that. He, he likes to go past the man and he, he doesn't yeah. mind letting his legs go and having a little bit of a run and stuff. But in possession, he's not he's not a 30, 40 yard passer no. like Trent Alexander Arnold. But he could be Trent's dog on a leash. Go yeah. get me the ball, son. Exactly. Bring it back here type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And let's move forwards. Exactly. But the thing is, if you look at Liverpool's team now, do we even need another stardust passer in the team? I wouldn't say we do. I think this season, primarily, we've suffered from pressure against the ball and getting cut open and in terms of with the ball we we haven't scored as many as previous seasons but don't forget Jota's been injured Diaz has been injured Firmino's been injured we've been integrating Nunes integrating Gakpo so and despite all that we've still looked pretty threatening I think for mm. the most part and we've got Trent we've still got Thiago at the club Van Dijk's a good pass of the ball yeah Robertson's still very attack minded so we've almost tipped the scale a little bit I think with that so if we were to get into someone who just does primarily focus on I'll get the ball back for you 
for me, I wouldn't have a problem with that. No, I wouldn't either. Well, let's take a look at the first visual then. Um, and this one, you can go through this, but you've titled it, What If Manuel Ugarte Was In The Premier League? So go through yeah. it. Well, you mentioned before, didn't you, that uh, in terms of numbers translating from Portugal, we have no idea what he would look like if he was in the Premier League. But I've tried to do this anyway to, to compare him with Premier League players, because if I compare him with the whole of Portugal, I, I assume most of our watchers, listeners, don't watch the Portuguese Premier League. So Yeah, no one does. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So I thought I'll compare him to Premier League players this season to just show what he's doing, basically. So this is Manuel Ugarte alongside uh, players in the Premier League this season, midfielders only. And this is basically regaining possession. You're looking at the top 25 players there in the Premier League for regaining the ball in terms of tackles and interceptions on a pay 90 basis. And every one of those players has played at least a 1,000 minutes. Obviously, you've got 24 Premier League players there and one mm -hmm. who is Agate. And you can see, mate... He's miles he's ahead of everybody. absolutely in a league of his own. And Joe Polina as well, we've spoken about, I think, haven't we? And... He is that defensive monster. He's regaining the ball a lot for, for Fulham. We, we like him. Casemiro gets massive credit for that. Idrissa Gay has always been that kind of ball winner for, for Everton, PSG, whatever you want to call it. And just for any of the listeners out there, he's on ball uh, regaining possession about seven times a game. Paulini is on about five and a half. Mm. Then there's a small drop-off to the others. Gay, Casemiro, Samare, Adams, indeed, about five. He is way out on his own in this regard, yeah. isn't he? Like, there's no gap on that screen that we're looking at now that is anywhere near as big as the gap from first to second. Yeah, no, it's... And, he, and second to 24th might be about the same size as the gap between first and second. I was just thinking that, yeah. I was just thinking that. Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, he, that's that's pretty much what we would call an outlier, to be honest. Um, he, he is completely on his own. And if you look at some of the players who you would who you would deem to be defensively good in terms of regaining the ball for you, like a Moises Casado, for example, if you look at how the two compare, there is a sizable gap between the two. And it's worth saying as well, Sport and Lisbon dominate the ball. Sport mm. and Lisbon are a, are a dominant side in Portugal. This isn't him playing for a relegation threatened side, so he's got to do a lot of defensive activity or whatever. Um, Anana for Everton does a lot of defensive work for them. Declan Rice is getting tipped for like £100 million by David Moyes. Ugarte. Three, three more tackles and interceptions per 90, yeah. basically, than Declan yeah, yeah. Rice. Our top player on there is Thiago Alcantara, and it's about not far off three ahead yeah. of him as well. Is that, so. is that surprising? No, no, we've. No. We've, we've, no. I, I, I think it would be if, if you didn't look at the numbers. Yeah, for the man on the street, like something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think Fabinho was, was just like around 30 or something like that. So he, he, he just about missed out on the cut. I mentioned last week that um, Jordan Henderson is. Much lower when it comes to this sort of thing than you would expect. He, he doesn't, in terms of tackles and interceptions, it's not as much his game as yeah, you would think. He always, for me, whenever I'm watching Jordan, he's always putting pressure on the guy and making it difficult. And it, may, um, it might result in the next person being able to get the ball back with Jordan. It never seems to be yeah. him that actually gets the ball back by comparison to some of the other midfielders and stuff. Yeah, but that, that I mean, that, that captures him there. I mean, again, it remains to be seen how those numbers would be impacted if he then moved to England and he's against basically better players. But that is interesting in terms of like, he's doing that in a, I think, the sixth best uh, competition in Europe. So it's it's basically... I think technically it's the fifth now. I think it overtook the now, France, yeah. France, French League, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, 
you know, it, it is interesting and it's enough to make him kind of like leap out the page. I mean, that's pay and 90. And it, it, if we don't do pay and 90 and we just do totals, again, he's, he's top of Portugal by some distance. Um, and I suppose now we can we can move on to what he does with the ball. Yeah, so another vizier. Yeah, uh, so this is, again, comparing him to Premier League players, again, everyone on the board there is um, minimum 1,000 minutes. Mm -hmm. And on the bottom axis, we've got progressive passes per 90. And on the side axis, we've got pass completion in terms of a percentage. So th that kind of captures the, the players who move the ball forward a lot and the players who keep the ball a lot as well. The master of that really is Rodri, who's doing both to a really high level. You also have Enzo Fernandez, who is doing that to a really high level. Jordan Henderson as well is, is probably better than people would expect, I assume. Kevin De Bruyne, moving the ball forward a lot, not so much keeping the ball. Irish passes. Yeah, yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Taking risks on the ball on that. Um, and that, all that says to me, Josh, is where he is, which is about 90 plus, 92% pass completion on the season. Yeah. Uh, four and a half progressive passes uh, per game. Uh, whereas Rodri's sort of 90 plus pass completion, but eight and a half. It says to me he's a good passer, but he's a safe passer. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what we were saying from the eyeball test as well. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think if he's not slightly ahead of Rodri, it, it's... It, they're virtually identical in terms of how often they keep the ball. And again, a lot of Rodri's passes, if you think about it, they play such a slow pace and, and, and side to side and that, that Rodri's not under pressure really with a lot of those passes. Um, well, has the ability, crucially, to be able to break it out when necessary during the yeah. game. Where was Kurt Jones on this one? Because I was looking for him then. I was expecting him to be obviously quite high in the past completion. He'd be up by the 90%, I'm assuming, over the course of the season. Um, and I'd have actually expected him to be probably around about where Jordan Henderson was. I don't know if there was something on the, the minutes played that's... Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, that is the issue, yeah. He hasn't played enough minutes, simply. But if he was on there... 90% pass completion. Yeah, to around the Rodri, Manuel Agate, higher yeah. than everybody else. And in terms of progression, about six. So yeah, he'd be around... So he'd be just above Gundogan, 
yeah. ish, uh, which is solid. You know, that's that's solid possession performance, that really. But in terms of Agate, that is the picture that you're kind of painting there in terms of a player who will relentlessly keep the ball for you and just never really loses it. So we get a lot of control from him. Mm -hmm. But you maybe don't get the line-breaking passes there, the stardust. But again, going back to Liverpool's issues this season, I don't think that's a problem. I, I think that's fine. And I think he profiles data-wise. If you look at what it, you know, we've just showed his defensive numbers there. This is his kind of on-ball numbers. I think he basically paints himself as almost ideal through what Liverpool have suffered from this season. Although, with this new switch, mm -hmm. this box midfield, this this three-two-five, slightly less suited, I would say, to him being the ultimate target, if you, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Or? Yeah, no, I, I can totally understand what you're saying there. I wanted to move it on to the numbers, actually, because I've got them up on me on my iPad now. We're on FB Ref, which is pretty much the, the best in the business for this type of thing. Um, and you can see in the passing, in terms of passing and pass completion and all that type of stuff, he ranks really highly in all of this stuff. It's on the full scouting report if you are trying to follow along at home. Um, but if you actually scroll down to see where he's absolutely unbelievable, is is is, is shocking actions defensively is you know top one percent there but when you get down to his defensive statistics i mean he's top one percent in tackles top one percent in tackles one top one percent in tackles in the mid third and, and the attacking third top one percent in dribble dribblers tackles dribbles challenged top one percent top one percent in tackles and interceptions i mean this is crazy I, i've actually never seen a player who's top one percent in all of these things all of the time i mean it's it's absolutely unbelievable and if we continue to go down you can see again tackles 199 uh, so top one percent interceptions top two percent ball recoveries top one percent he is absolutely dominating in almost every defensive defensive category for a midfielder that's yeah. crazy yeah it, it, he is kind of the ultimate safety net really and if you if you're looking at van dyke this season potentially and thinking like he looks a bit human and stuff it, it's the kind he's the kind he looks like the kind of player where if, if you were to put him in front of a defense out of nowhere, it transforms how good your centre-backs look and it transforms your ability to uh, retain the ball high up the pitch. You, you sustain attacks, you, get, you generate waves of attacks and stuff and fires get extinguished quickly. But as I said, you know, Liverpool being this, this data-driven club when it comes to recruitment and stuff, obviously that kind of remains to be seen a little bit this summer, mm -hmm. considering Ian Graham's leaving, Michael Edwards isn't there anymore, Julian Ward's getting off. Um, but as a data profile, I mean, that's literally tailor-made in terms of what we've seen Liverpool suffer from this season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen that dip in Fabinho. I do think he's starting to maybe kind of come through that now, but yeah. still long-term concerns, maybe, for me. Um, the last couple of games, he's been, he's been pretty good and stuff. But I think the one thing I will say is whether I think Liverpool should sell Fabinho or not, I now believe Fabinho is upgradable. Yeah, And a year ago, it didn't. Yeah. And I think you should always look to upgrade where you can. Yeah. And there are positions in this squad, in this 4-3-3 formation, uh, sorry, yeah, with, with the three at the back, and the 2-2-3, two, two, um, I think there are upgradable positions. I want to give Robbo the, the opportunity to prove that he can do it and translate his skill set into that left-sided, centre-half, hybrid sort of role. Not 100% sure that he's got that in him, but I think he deserves the time and the space to be able to work on that. And I think yeah. Jürgen's affording him that at the moment. I think Fabinho's upgradable. Um, I think Canate right now, maybe not. Not if you're looking at a, maybe potentially a Andy Robertson replacement in this formation. 
I think the two sort of tens are upgradable, and I think the forwards are probably absolutely fine. So we're looking at these two midfielders in the ten, and this midfielder here probably to replace Fabinho with easily upgradable players for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, th I think I said to you a couple of weeks back, if, if I'd never watched Liverpool this season, and it was my job to basically assess how to fix the team, the six would be a, a big concern for me without, without looking at what he's done in the past, which has been brilliant. This season, he has just looked chattered and he's, he's looked behind the, behind the eight ball and chasing shadows and things like that. Um, one of the issues with the way Liverpool are setting up now and, and this new look system, we don't know if it's going to be kept or not, but if it is kept, and you look at these these roles, Ugarte at best is suited to the Fabinho role and kind of nothing else really. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a problem. I don't know. If, I don't think he could do either of the ten roles personally. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he could personally. Well, I think he obviously that... can't do the inverted fullback role. No, but I think one of the things if we if we switch this back to a four three three formation and we just drop him in there and, and you put Agate in there. Now there have been a couple of players who can play the six and the eight. Jordan Henderson's one of them. Mm. In fact, they might be the only one. James Milner can probably do could do the six and the eight. Whether you think he can do it now is is a topic for another time, of course. Um, Why Naldum was able to do it on occasion, um, but for me, what I'm sort of driving at here is this role here I think is one of the only areas in the team that you have to be a specialist for Yeah, I think to get the absolute best agree, out yeah. of them um, we like the versatility and Klopp likes the versatility in the front line I think Klopp likes the versatility to play either side if you can um, but that is a specialist position you should be thought of completely different to the rest of your squad makeup where you do want people who can play in multiple positions because yeah. you might want to have a small squad 17-18 players to take you through for that one there your backups might be versatile but your specialist has to be your first teamer yeah no it's a good point I, I, I hadn't thought of it like that actually but when you think about it I suppose it is almost a bad thing if your six is versatile really because you're going to ask yourself why is he versatile in a, a, as a six because if you think of the best who've played it I mean I don't know Casemiro Busquets Makaleli yeah they don't even Pep Guardiola you know they don't really move That that's the fixed axis of the team and Rodri you know I mean Rodri played as a centre half to be fair in their in their World Cup but he's like 6-3 so he, he can't do that Um but one of the issues with Agate doing this, though, I mean, A, we've just touched on Sporting player 3-4-3 uh, three, three this season, so he's used to playing in the two. So that's alien to him. But on top of that, people have always thought that Kante is this defensive mid, as in there. Kante, at his prime, never really played Kante there. Kante goes wherever the fuck exactly. ball is. And if we, if we look at Ugarte, this dog who loves to just harry, if you put him there, mate... And he and he's just off. He, which kind which of limited, I see where you're getting at here, which is why you think he might need that guy next to him. Yeah, he would it's need because it, yeah. he's gonna fucking go sniff out a ball anywhere on the football field, yeah. and you're gonna need somebody else there. And yeah. then I suppose it's what are your eights going to do, or your tens going to do? Are they going to drop in and and recover and help with the positioning and that type of thing, or are you just going to win the ball back out the pitch, heavy metal footballer, and go from there? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure he's a long six for that reason, just because he's so keen to go and get the ball for you. If you put him as a six, the, the lone six is just a holder, essentially, uh, you know, holding the fort. Um, I do think, though, if, if we was to play the standard 4-3-3, he could probably do that. Um, the left side of the Yeah, he, he, he could do that to the a similar level to, um, yeah, to Wijnaldum and, and Henderson over the past few years in terms of 
up and down the pitch, but when it gets to the edge of the final third, maybe he gets a bit of a nosebleed and stays here a little bit. Um, but predominantly in terms of like regaining the ball for you and stuff, doing a lot of that. But as a lone six, I don't know if I like that. Um, but it just, I, I don't know. A lot of it Is there a way the here where Jürgen sort of hinted at it, we, we might, we're going to do this sort of... Three two two three or whatever we're calling it now, the inverted right back or, or whatever. Who cares? Is there a way where we can work on this in an out of possession? This was going to be a topic, wasn't it, for this week potentially, where we just do it permanently, uh, possibly, because but... that solves a few of the issues. And I think one of the one of the things that I was sort of thinking about with regards to this right is I think one of the problems at the moment is the screen's not good enough. Mm. I think if you want to play a three at the back like this, I think a lot of the time you want to get extra width in somewhere. You want to make it a little bit more difficult. Now that's why I think we're going to the four at the back at the moment because it's too easy to get down the outside of us. But also the screen in the middle might be able to help out in that regard. And maybe you could do something like that instead. But again, you're into a position where Canate is not really comfortable. Maybe it does suit a Joe Gomez a little bit more type of thing. But that, that for me, is the struggle with getting this into an outer possession. There's just not the width there. The gap between the centre-halves becomes too big. Somebody's yeah. almost got to drop in at all times. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th this is the kind of shape that it's it's basically made so that you can press in the final third. That's kind of what it's for. You know, it's um, you've got your attacking bank of five who will go and chase the ball relentlessly. And, and, then, you've, line. and then you've got your safety net of of ideally five players there. There's your there's your press, there's your safety net almost. Um and if you think if you're gonna permanently defend in that shape, obviously say for example last night against Fulham, there was moments for a lot of the second half where they kind of they were obviously pushing for an equalizer and uh, attacking and, and things like that and Liverpool will perform in a bit of a low block really you, you can't do that, that look like you, can't, you can't somebody you can't. has to go there exactly the yeah. way we're currently set up and I think that's the difficult thing for Jürgen at the moment and it's obviously something that Pep and Arteta have thought about which is why they've kind of got the centre halves in there but they're still doing it that way as well they're not defending in that way they're looking for the stability mm. uh, but they're looking for the obviously added verve that your side gets from having that extra man in the middle of the park so maybe we'll think about that a little bit more and come up with something in the next few weeks and stuff but um, for you is it Likely that Liverpool are going to be looking at Ugarte, or is it dependent on whether they decide Fabinho is not good enough? If it's tricky because I I think um, again if you look at Liverpool's problems this season, last time I checked, Liverpool were third in the league for XG, eleventh in the league for XG against. Any data scientist, any data driven guy would look at that and think, right, to get better, we have to fix the defence naturally. And anyone, again, who was looking at data and midfielders should see Ugarte leaping out the page as a solution. If you look at, if you then look at his game and his, the eye test and all that, he looks like a clock player. He looks perfectly suited to Anfield as an atmosphere and everything. But then you have to consider this new shape, the fact that we're now incorporating tens and we don't really have any tens at the minute, really. We've got Henderson playing up there and it's not really particularly suited. So I honestly don't know. I think a lot of it would depend on what Klopp's assessment of Fabinho is. And we've said this a few times, haven't we, in terms of the summer business, a lot of it does depend 
on it is Fabinho finished or not, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about on our Redmen Plus show this week, actually, is Liverpool's high line. It's something that I think I've noticed over the last sort of couple of weeks, but more specifically while we've been in this sort of three at the the backward centre midfield role is that, you know, Liverpool have had a high line, but I don't think they're quite suited to it yet. We're still getting exposed. And I think when Jürgen said in his press conference... Um, the other week he was talking about stability was almost his word of the week I don't think we're there yet with the stability side of things it's offering us stuff going forwards but the stability which I think is why the system was introduced isn't quite there so that's what we're going to talk about on Redmen Plus this week um, so you can join us over there redmenplus.com you need to sign up as a club captain or a club legend you'll be able to watch uh, these shows um, and everything else that we do over there promises to be a good show so please if you've liked the video then like the video and thank you for watching and I'll see you next time on the deep dive. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern. That's just right because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.